Hi, welcome back to At the Table with Jordan Hunsecker. We are talking one of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving. As long as I can remember, there is such foodie magic around Thanksgiving holiday. Growing up, I remember being with my mom's family, um, her mom, Stella, and then all of her siblings and their kids. And there was always so much going on. So much chaos, but like controlled chaos. Um, my mom would host it at our house in Summit Valley in Orland. And my grandma would sleep over a couple days before to get ready. Um, and there was no pre-cut mirepoix, that is carrots, celery, and onions. There was no. So my grandma would be prepping with my mom for like three days straight to feed all these people. And first of all, it always smelled so good because carrots, celery, and onion just smell so awesome. Um, sauteing. And like whenever you went up to the counter, you always got something, whether it was a scrap or something they were making for lunch um, while they were cooking. So... My love for Thanksgiving, I think, stems from that to start. And then um, as we got older and like started to have our own families, um, my sister and brother-in-law took the holiday over. And instead of everybody having to go to two different places, they decided to invite outlaws. So it's gotten up to like 50 people. Um, and my mom's side of the family is also still invited. So it's everybody. It's my in-laws. It's my husband's obviously my in-laws, his family, and then my sister and her in-laws, outlaws, whatever you want to call them, all everybody's invited. And it's just a huge celebration. And who knew last year the theme, my sister has a big uh, chalkboard and she always writes like something on it. And last year it said, how lucky are we? And this year, obviously with social distancing, we have to scale back. Um, we're doing like tiny individual family, maybe like a drive-by dessert. We don't really know what we're doing next week, but it's just how lucky are we? Like that could have possibly been the last large family gathering that we were all at. And really taking a sense of gratitude this year. Um, I usually cook for several families, but they're also not doing their large Thanksgiving. So just gratitude um, for healthy healthy days to continue, um, being vigilant and wearing a mask and making sure that everybody is safe. Um, but back to the magic. So they have 50 people. It's insane. It is so much fun. Um, and we always welcome sides or whatever from your family. So it's a lot of different families and people have their favorite things. And I don't know if you're like us, but like, I don't really want to eat somebody else's green bean casserole. My sister, Hannah, who will be up first on the podcast, makes it from scratch. Um, I think it's Ina Garten's recipe, but her green bean casserole is amazing. It's not from a jar or a can or whatever, um, which is fine, but um, she'll be able to come on here and tell you. And then I usually do a whole turkey. I brine it. So we, we call that the brine turkey. I do not stuff it. So it's 
roasted in an oven. Um, I can talk about that. That's, I mean, everyone's so afraid of turkeys. It's really easy. You just have to be home for five hours, three to five hours, depending on how big your bird is. But I also do it two days before. So I brine mine. I put it in a baggie out in the garage because it's cold weather. Um, it completely defrosts that way and it cooks faster when you brine it. And then it gets that nice crispy skin. So I really recommend brining. I never did it till I worked at Anchelay and other some of my coworkers there recommended brining and how easy it was. So then I started brining my turkeys and they have not turned out better. Um, they're amazing. So I do a turkey. My mom does a turkey. My mom stuffs her turkey. My mom's recipe is her mother's recipe and the stuffing is outrageous. I do a stuffing. I usually do cornbread sausage stuffing that like you bake it twice so it's crispy on the outside. And then I also do roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon. Um, I've actually transformed that over a couple years and I leave the bacon out because we have a lot of um, people that don't eat meat or they're vegetarian, pescatarian, vegan, whatever. So it's just a balsamic roasted Brussels sprout. We also have, my sister Becky does sweet potatoes and they're the candied yams, but they're old fashioned cooked for like, two hours with tons of sugar. They are so delicious. And that is like my favorite thing to eat as a leftover. I don't necessarily eat them on Thanksgiving, but when I get them back to my house on Friday or whatever, like, and I make my turkey sandwich, I love having, it's like a, such a treat. So we have the sweet potatoes. My aunt Kitty does mashed potatoes. My cousin Kath makes mac and cheese for the kids. Um, they love it. They eat it up. My kids probably eat half of the tray that she brings. Um, and we also do like pies. I mean, it's so crazy how much food there is, but then everybody does get leftovers and usually the host, Becky and Dan, um, (laughs) they get angry because they don't have leftovers. Like everybody takes all the food from their house. So that's also like a running joke that they hosted all these people and they barely have like a leftover turkey sandwich. But then, which brings me to like the best part of the Thanksgiving dinner for me that has changed from my original Thanksgiving growing up is my brother-in-law smokes turkey breast. And... Like, I can't wait for it. I love the smell of it. It is so fun that he does that. And he's in, you know, it's freezing out. And he puts his boots on and goes out back and checks the turkeys. Like, just having, like, it's just such a different flavor. It is just such a um, different type of turkey breast. Like, the day after, I think, I can't wait to get into that and make, so I've made soup with the bones. I've make this turkey sandwich so I do like the smoked turkey with coleslaw and Thousand Island or like whatever dressing I have on rye the following day and like I'm always like I could I could totally open a food truck with just this like it is the most amazing turkey that you've ever had and I'm actually going to have him on talking about how he got into that smoking the turkey breast and where he buys them um coming up so See, I like love Thanksgiving. It's such a bountiful time and it's a nice, it's one holiday that like there's no gifts, there's no strings attached. It's a meal. It's when everybody comes together, whether you're annoyed, forget your politics, like everybody comes together. We remember our similarities 
and enjoy a meal together. And like, now that I have my own kids, my oldest is 10, my youngest is three. It is like amazing to me to see their relationships with their cousins and what they're turning into. Like to pass on that sense of family, like our dinner, the actual food might not look the same growing up, but like I remember running around with my cousin Kath, Jody and Danny, like every holiday and just building those friendships. And like nobody knows you like your crazy family does. So it's so nice. I know this is gonna change this year and we are still, or at least I am going to try to focus on how lucky are we. Um, And we are gonna do a family Zoom with everybody. I did get a turkey t-shirt this year, and of course, I am not cooking a turkey. There's no turkey competition. I also do, oh, I do do a gravy that I can talk about. So I use the drippings from the pan. Um, There's carrot, celery, onion underneath that. And me and my mom have gravy wars. My mom will have one gravy, and like she always doesn't want to combine the two, but there's never enough for all 50 people. So it's like a running joke that... She never wants to put my turkey gravy into hers. (laughs) It's like, yes, we are that crazy. But um, I would love to answer any questions anybody has. You can actually ask them on the podcast and I'll I'll come back with an answer and put it in the end of the podcast, which would be great. Um, But Thanksgiving is such an amazing, first of all, amazing time of year, fall Um, We've had amazing weather. It's been warm out, so we can socially distance and, like, see each other outside, which is, like, another... It's another level of stress added to the chaos, right? How are we going to figure out how to uphold these traditions for our kids in this crazy climate? So I hope this podcast gives you some comedic relief to your holidays and... Um, I'm going to interview some of my family members. So uh, Thanksgiving is definitely one of my favorite holidays because there's no presents or wrapping. There isn't a timetable to it. I mean, with the food, but um, any foodie knows that like Thanksgiving, like you're not counting calories. You're not worried about X, Y, Z. You just make sure you can get your family in the car and your casserole dish with you. So... Sit back and enjoy these interviews. All right, so I'm here at the Gennon household where the Thanksgiving festivities usually take place. Um, This is my first time interviewing my brother-in-law on the podcast, and he is a tremendous cook. Um, I mean, I think I always talk about this. My favorite meal you ever made was, I think it was like Mother's Day weekend at the beach, a shrimp fried Diablo. Um, That was like one of the best meals I've ever eaten, and you were the chef for the night. So... um, But your other thing that you are famous for are the smoked turkeys at Thanksgiving. Um, So let's get into it. Say hi, Dan. Dan Gannon. Hello, hello. Um, My first question for you is how did you start smoking foods? (laughs) I mean, I know that's such a 
But how did you start? How did you get into smoking turkey? This uh, turkey's at Thanksgiving. Jeez. So uh, I think it's because I was getting bored of regular turkey. I mean, you know, smoking food is just another way to prepare, and I think. Um, more and more people are actually starting to do it. I feel like it's getting more popular, but um, it's sort of ingrained in me. My grandfather owned a butcher shop in 1960s in North Jersey, and he had a big smokehouse in his backyard, big cinder block smokehouse where they used to smoke their own kibasis and, and other meats. And um, he brought that from the old country back in the Ukraine. And to be quite honest, I never thought about it since then, but maybe that's where I got this little interest sparked from uh, subconsciously. But, uh, but I felt like I just wanted to try something new for Thanksgiving and thought it would be fun to try out a new smoker I bought. Um, and so we did. Oh, is this a, a, you have a new smoker? I actually have a new one. I had a propane smoker that I used for quite a while, which served uh, its purpose but what I found it didn't do well was stand up to wind okay so when we had a couple <clears throat> Thanksgiving where it was real windy outside it wasn't very windproof so the temperature and the fluctuation and the smoking process it was harder to manage and harder to control so I've moved on to the uh, newest and greatest and I've got an electric smoker Ooh. now um, it still heats up wood chips but instead of using propane it's electric and the best part about it, which I'm going to look forward to, is that I can manage and control the temperature from my phone. Oh, cool. Inside the house as opposed to running. Having to go out there. I'm just outside saying. Outside every half an hour for In my interview, I'm hours. like, I love seeing you put your boots on. If it's raining out or whatever, you go out. It's like a whole ritual of seeing you smoke the turkeys. Um, where do you get your, the turkey breast that you smoke? Uh... The supermarket, I mean, you could probably go to a specialty butcher or, or uh, source, but... Uh, Are you, they bone in? Yeah, so it's important for, at least what I like to do is keep the bone in, because um, I think it helps with the moisture and, and helps it not dry out. Um, and uh, the most important thing to do also in terms of not drying it out, though, is, is the brining process. So no matter if you get your turkey breast bone in or, or not, um, the most important part to smoking, uh, especially this is uh, poultry, is, is the brining process because poultry's got the most chance of drying out during the smoking process as opposed to like a brisket or, or ribs that have a very high fat content. Right. So they're very hard to dry out. Um, so yeah, so that's a part of the process that's important to do no matter who, where, or what you get your, your turkey from. Um. Do you have a, what does your brine consist of? <clears throat> um, there's a lot of different brines out there. Each, con you know, each recipe has its own brine, but uh, the one that I've been using for the last several years, which I like, is, is based with uh, apple cider. So there's um, apple cider, um, you know, I think for uh, two turkey breasts, I probably do about four gallons of apple cider I want so to say. So what do you do it like I do you pour it in like a big pot beer tub or whatever or pot and then put right. them in and out in your garage or whatever's gonna fit um well actually I take a step back here so 
not a lot of people have a pot that's going to be big enough to to boil um, and, and fit three bone in turkey breasts. So what I usually do is I use a big vat on the stove to just cook the brine first, which again is apple cider, apple cider vinegar, thyme, sage. If you have uh, a recipe for that, I'll take it and I'll link it for people. Rosemary, yep, I do, and uh, and garlic cloves. You bring that to a boil, add some sugar too, I believe you bring that to a boil. Um, and then what I do is I usually find a, a, you know, a sanitized Tupperware bin, you know, and, and I fill that with the brine. If I need to make two uh, servings of the brine, I will. And then I'll put the bone and turkey breasts inside that Tupperware to the degree where all the brine covers at least two thirds of of the turkey breast and then you can rotate them I think you, it calls for about 12 to 14 hours to brine so I usually just leave them overnight um, but uh, if you want to be meticulous about it you can rotate the breasts in the uh, in the brine every six hours just to make sure that all of it is getting saturated I mean this sounds like a lot but he makes it look effortless um, it seriously is like even through all the uh coordinated chaos here like my favorite part of thanksgiving dinner is that smoked turkey i tell dan every year like after dinner's over and stuff's like partially cleaned up because it's not cleaned up for like five days after that but every year i'm like we need to open a food truck that has this just the smoked turkey like smoking like you said is ingrained in you i don't know what what like spirits come with it. It's the most delicious thing added to our menu. Like I didn't grow up with it on my menu, but I definitely will have it now till I die on my Thanksgiving menu. Um, but how do you guys, like how did you and Becky come up with, like how did she come to you and say, we're gonna have everybody? Like did, did it start out, oh, only 20? Cause I know you're, yeah. just the Gennons are a lot of people, meaning like your dad, your mom and yeah. your brothers. They all come also. So it's like, literally, they have seating for everybody. Everybody has a place car. It's like nuts that you fit everybody and everyone has their own seat. Like, how did you come up with this big feast? That's I mean, I know we're not question. gonna do it this year, but um, like, how do you mentally prepare for it? Besides how do I shots of vodka? Prepare? Yeah, a lot of alcohol. <laughs> right. Uh, pretty pretty <laughs> enduring. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we just, we, we kind of said, look, we'd love to have one holiday or get together like you were here a year first because you couldn't the first well, year you just had moved in but then the next year you were like we're going to do well, it well that's it the, the the thing that we always had a challenge was our first house was small and you know once you had you know more than six people it was crowded crammed and so we always said that when we wanted to move to a new house was we wanted it to be big enough to try and fit a lot of our relatives and friends for you know gatherings um, and we just landed on Thanksgiving and we just kind of said, look, you know, we, we'd love to be able to host it. And as we did, it, it grew every year it grew. And, you know, you would invite one individual, you know, a cousin or an aunt, and they knew somebody who was going to be alone or they didn't have someone who was going to have a, a dinner or if they did, it was by themselves. And so we started just extending the circle. And, uh, I mean, we've had people here who literally our third or fourth removed from from our direct family that have been coming here for years 
and it's like it's kind of fun because it's you know you're able to give something back to some folks that maybe don't have which was cool and uh, but it's also a great excuse just to catch up with everybody and see everybody and yeah it is tough to you know host you know 40 people and it's tough to clean up for 40 people it's tough to cook for 40 people this is Uh, not even the kids he's talking about he hasn't even touched on all the children that are here this is he's speaking just about the adults and the amount of booze and the amount of plates (laughs) silverware but it's always (laughs) it's always worth it it's always fun it's such a great memory um and the kids will enjoy it and hopefully the kids will grow up and one of them will take it over right. at some point or or just continue to come here. And as long as we can keep doing it, we will. But um, but it really is fun. It's, it's really worth it. And, and, you know, when it comes to the food, I think that the most important thing you can do to save sanity is to divide up and conquer, right? You can't create and develop, you know, cook all the food here for 40 people um so the the trick to getting this to actually be possible is planning you know building out the menu thinking about who's going to cook what where uh you know instead of cooking things from scratch to finish here you you kind of finish things off in the oven uh so that they don't take as long um yeah they have double ovens in their house um two like one on top of the other so it's good for reheating purposes and like the turkey goes in one the, the regular, they actually do a regular turkey here and then the smoked turkey breast. So there's yeah. so much food, but there's 50 people. So it all gets eaten. Um, I was going to ask you, do, since you've been doing this for like five or six years, how many years have you been doing it? When did you move in? Seven years. So this year. six years. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite memory so far of doing it or hosting it or like that you picked up the smoker um, as a tradition? Like, what? what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? uh, I think the most, uh, what I like the most is seeing everybody. The food for me is is good, but it's almost secondary. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a platter before 8 o'clock at night. (laughs) Because there's just so much to do. Right. So much going on and so many conversations. I'm catching up with family and friends on um, that for me it's not really as much about the food although I enjoy the people enjoy the food yeah and to be perfectly honest I, I still am wondering why my smoked turkeys are so popular I think they're good but I'm you know I'm happy that other people really enjoy it I like making them and I, I would say to anybody who uh, would like to try smoking or uh, chicken and poultry turkey in general um, are probably the easiest to not mess up right. in a smoker. Uh, you know, the brining process is probably the most laborious, but it's it's a real simple recipe. It's a real simple process once you get it down. Um, and, and it's probably the easiest to walk away with a really good dinner, um, you know, if you're gonna try smoking. So if you are gonna try it, I would recommend doing it with chicken or turkey to start and then go from there because once you start getting into brisket and ribs and you know seafood and some of these other things it's a lot more um, meticulous to getting it to come out right so um, so it's pretty easy I can't say what I'm doing is it's too complicated but um, you know after the first one or two you kind of get the hang um, what kind of chips do you use? Because I always feel like that is where your flavor comes from. Yeah. Like the hickory or what? I don't even know. Because I, I don't use the smoker, but I'm like... 
Yeah, it's hick- um, hickory, and I usually put a little bit of uh, apple. So, you know, probably like... Uh, apple wood. Yeah, probably like a 75-25 ratio of hickory to, to cherry. Or apple, sorry. Um, you'll, you'll find like certain recipes call for different um, chip varieties, but uh, I find that like seafood tends to be a little bit more of the fruitier wood, like uh, cherry, apple... Um, some of those, and then the, the briskets and the ribs and the, all of those are a little bit more of the hardier woods like hickory, sometimes mesquite, um, and so on and so forth. But it's also personal preference, you know. Yeah, uh, well, whatever the turkey is, it's the best, best one ever. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, I am... I mean, we're both wearing masks. We're in, we're inside having this interview, but um, obviously this year is going to look different. And you're still going to smoke the same amount of turkey, right? Because I'm going to get I'm one. I'm going to try. Regardless. I've got a new smoker. I'm kind of now. I'm a little nervous thinking about doing this in a somewhat of a new uh, way. So um, there's a part of me that may do some trial run. I've got a couple whole tur- whole chickens, um, so I may actually try to do a chicken um, about a week before. Oh, right. Um, well, let me know how that turns out. So you, that you're running out of time. you got 10 know, days now. I about to say. <laughs> you should do it tomorrow. I might have to. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but but I would also recommend that if you're going to do something, especially for 40 people, you should try probably it before it. try and get your trial runs done before you set yourself up for, for that type of pressure. But, uh, but yeah, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll work out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for stopping by the podcast today. Finally got Dan Gennon on here. Told you people I would. Um, and our next interview will be another family member. So we're back with another Gennon interview. Um, I pulled my sister out here quickly just to talk about... Um, her master of ceremonies. She hosts 50 people, and I believe it was your idea, right, to mix the families. Um, you're the one that convinced Dan to have all of us descend on his house on Thanksgiving every year. So this is the sixth year. Obviously, we have to put a hold on it this year for coronavirus, but Becky is the mastermind behind the, the gather celebration. <laughs> the gather celebration, I love it. I know, I'm so sad it won't be happening this year. It's really weird. Um, but the whole point was to gather, right? To have everybody um, under one roof. I think, you know, when everyone started getting married and having kids, all the, the different celebrations split in multiple ways, right? And some people would be stopping in three houses before, you know, they would settle down to where they were ending up for that night. And so we thought, well, what if we just, you know, kind of, Jenga puzzle together tables and whatnot to make a space for everybody so that everyone could be in one space and it just kind of caught on and everybody liked it we didn't know if it was going to be remember we, we didn't the know first year I remember you being like are we going to do it again right like and I it, was like this? no never <laughs> it was the worst <laughs> like because it is a lot as but... we were cleaning up like Sunday yeah. from Thursday yeah still yeah absolutely but people really liked it right it was it's and amazing it's that you do it year after year. It really is. Like I said in my introduction, I talked about last year you wrote on the board, how lucky are we? Yeah. And like this year, how lucky are we? Yeah. Like it's so true. 
how lucky were we that we ha- were able to have that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you, like, how do you mentally prepare for, like, Dan talked a lot about the food, but I know you think about the kids and all that, them running through your house, like, how do you mentally prepare yourself? <laughs> Obviously, Dan talked about, like, alcohol, that works, <laughs> but, like, how else do you get ready for it? Um, I actually, as odd as this sounds, I really don't worry that much about it anymore, and I think it's because... First of all, I love it, and I really do love that it's, like, I just feel so honored that people want to come here, do you know what I mean, and that, and be together in one spot, so I really do love it in that capacity, and I spend more time on, again, some things are kind of like, you know, they're not the greatest, it's paper plates and things like that, but I just love the, creating the space and the tables and the name cards and giving people, you know, your little tribe is over here and yours is over here, right, or and then seeing people who are in different families connecting and talking to each other. So I get more into like the space part of it. Um, but I don't... We call that tablescaping. Yes. And that, that like that's so fun to me. Escaping. Fresh food from the stand. Yes. The escaping. But I don't, I don't really stress about it because you guys all help too. I mean, Everybody brings around. own Jordy, you dish. love like, like whole tables and chairs and like entire tablescapes over here so it's, no i know but i'm saying like it's it, just fun it's not my house i can leave when tessa starts crying i'm say sorry and leave all those dishes <laughs> in the sink because i have an excuse you know i mean the best is when the babies were little and not like if i was breastfeeding i could be like in the middle of dinner sorry we gotta leave and i left you with exploding <laughs> kitchens but i but I not swear. anymore like the gig is up so i'm just saying like it's a lot but am i one of my favorite things too and this is so funny how you're saying like you know you can leave and it, and it is a mess afterwards. But I will tell you one of my favorite things is like at the late night, like when everyone's gone and I sit down with all the pies. Oh yes, I didn't even I didn't even talk about dessert people. And it's like quiet kitchen, it's still a mess. Oh, There's it's like, the best. But it's like clean stacks of dishes. And the dishes, thank God, are like Patty, Aunt Kitty, yep. like Pat, There's a whole Mason, cleanup crew. Pat cleanup Mason, crew. all the mother-in-laws, all, mom, the outlaws, like and then take, Aunt Kitty. Yeah, they take a, they take a shift, and they really put a dent in it, and they help me. So, but there's like those stacks. But then I just sit down with. All right, I get a slice of pumpkin, mince meat, and go down the row. Quiet. The cheese pie. Yes. Dance party's over. Yep. Now I do that too with dessert to like That's be able to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have an insane amount of pies because everybody likes to have their own. And my dad, like, we have to make a whole mincemeat pie just for him. Yep. Becky has a piece of that. Yeah. But, like, no one eats that, Dad. You're making us make a whole pie of that. <laughs> um, but, no, everyone helps so much and everyone brings everyone brings something. So it is stressful, but it's not because it's, like, a huge – it's honestly, like, it's the, the best definition and, like, of a potluck. Yeah. Everyone really does chip in. Oh, and Becky's dish, and I got her a shirt this year also, of course. Um, she might not be making them, but I'm sure she is. Becky makes the Bissell recipe yes. of sweet potatoes. Yeah. Um, yams. Yeah. Um, and every year she sends me a video of her peeling. just peeling them for hours <laughs> on end. Because she's like, how do you, I mean, I do it for my job. Everybody always orders the sweet potatoes, but now I found like an awesome recipe of just slicing them in half and roasting them face down. But you gotta real quick tell your sweet potato secrets. The secrets is just sugar. And long time, right? <laughs> and uh, No, I've actually, yeah, because you have to get it thick, yes. But the, the secret is, and this is as with, I'm sure Jordy's talked about this before, 
our aunts gifted us with this cookbook um, that has all of my dad's family recipes in it. Now, the, the recipes are amazing, but as we try them out, we always notice that the ants have forgot, oh, I forgot I sprinkled this little magic, you know, pixie dust in here, or, oh, I forgot, I really just use a, yeah, a half a cup instead of a whole cup in here. So, so when it's a cornstarch or something important, <laughs> your recipe looks a little different. Right, and it's because they know how to do this in their sleep, like they've always done it. And Since so, they were 14. Exactly. So with the sweet potatoes over the years, the recipe is in there, and it really is, you just, you know, cut them whatever width you like, um, you have to give them space in your pot though. You cover them with water, but not too much. Give yeah, them you space. have like a big, uh, what's the pot called? The um, big, uh, I don't know, but it's like really big and, but shallow. Yeah. Yeah. It holds the liquid. Yes. Um, I'll look and see what it's called. I should know, but it's not coming to me right now. Yeah. But you basically just layer them and then you just sugar, slabs of butter, and then you cover them with water and you put them on and you, for a long time, you have patience and you simmer until they get bubbling. And then you just kind of keep an eye on them. Don't touch them really, but just keep adding sugar. Oh my like God, if you, go near the, sugar. if you go near the pan while Becky's making them, <laughs> you might get cut. <laughs> I've heard, don't touch that. Leave them alone. Don't touch them. Because then they start to fall apart. Or dad, dad's always going around with a fork trying yes. to get into stuff. And you're yes. like, no, get out. And you need to like, you can tell they're done. Again, it's, this is like, the ants like you can tell they're done by looking at them like they have that caramely color. crusty crusty like crispy sugared top oh, yep. exactly and then now I'm, I want them right now I know me too because it's lunchtime but it literally is all it is is sweet potatoes sugar butter and water that is I'm it. like why don't I all this stuff why don't I make this more often I know like I know it's not good for you but like, but you like a Sunday so dinner much. why couldn't I just make that for a Sunday dinner yeah and they are, they're even better like the next day to like pull your teeth out. Well, that's what I said in my introduction. I said, I don't typically grab them at Thanksgiving dinner, but I take them home with me. Yeah. And I have, with my turkey sandwich next to it is always the sweet potatoes. And so then I good. text you the next day and I'm like, these are the best things I've ever eaten. They're so good. It's like a dessert on a fork. Yeah, they really are. All right. Well, I just wanted to get your take on Turkey Day. Um, we'll really miss sitting around this table this year, but... Hopefully, hopefully 2021 it'll come away. back and be oh it, forget it the year of the dragon be a blowout I'm gonna have a moon belt in the back for the kids <laughs> they'll all be a too turkey, old a turkey moon belt I'll be in it <laughs> right. Right. right 2021 it is on alright so on to my next interview thank you Becky for stopping in thanks for having me you're welcome And I made another stop here at the Mason household to talk to Hannah regarding green bean casserole. Um, It's something we added to our menu maybe five years ago when the Gannon started to have everybody, but now it's like the best, one of the best things on the menu. I've been making green bean casserole since since the beginning of time. I mean, I'm saying from scratch. Since I met... Greg and used to um, cook Thanksgiving for his family before we combined everybody's. Um, well, first, let's start out. What do you like about Thanksgiving? Um, I love cooking. Uh, when we were little, we used to spend all day Wednesday cooking with um, Grandma and Mom. Um, you were the only one that did that. 
I was in college and like, or outside smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you were the only one that actually like did the stuffing. I don't and know, I, I just I, loved, I'd be in and like, out, but you were in the kitchen. Being there all day, um, you know, even when I was in college or going to the loop or wherever and hanging out all day before I, um, you know, I did my cooking, got my cooking responsibilities out of the way. But, um, I don't know, Thanksgiving's always been my favorite holiday, not really because I really like turkey, because I'm really not that big of a turkey, I actually am only, like, here for the turkey sandwich the day after, if you look, I only eat all of the sides on Thanksgiving, but, um, I don't know, I just love the excitement of everybody getting together, and it's, like, the beginning of the Christmas season. Um, yeah, I said I love it because there's no it's just Christmas like the bullshit attached. <laughs> no presents. No, no. You just show up. You forget your politics for the day. Yeah. And we all hang out. It's um, just like the kickoff to an exciting season after you've been through like a, oh, it's getting cold <laughs> out and everything's been so drab. Now you're like, yes, this is it. This is what we wait for. Thanksgiving and then on to Christmas. So. I know you just totally reminded me of like Wednesday night, we used to go out till like three o'clock in the morning and just, I mean like, I'm not gonna be able to handle that with my kids, but our parents just never, they always knew they would wake up and see us eventually end up on the couch. Oh, right, and then actually, we're actually out on Thursday. (laughs) Thursday day at like football games or wherever and then stopping at, what Taco Bell before coming home to eat Thanksgiving <laughs> so dinner sick. and then being shocked that Taco Bell was closed <laughs> on Thanksgiving after a football game. Yeah. Oh God. So all you parents with college age kids, God good luck. Bless you. Oh yeah. Um, and especially in this environment, um, our Thanksgiving's going to change a little bit this year, but you're still making green bean casserole. It, Hannah also does like when we have the 50 guests, at the coordinated chaos over at Gennon's, Hannah usually does a fabulous kale salad. Um, and I can try to link both of those recipes for you. Whose recipe do you use for the green bean casserole? Um, Alton Brown. Okay. And honestly, the reason I use that one is because it, like when I first started cooking Thanksgiving for my in-laws like 10 years ago, even before that, because when we were dating and engaged but um it was literally the first green bean casserole recipe that came up so i no. used it and it was amazing and um now i still use it all of his stuff is great out yeah. browns like basic there's no craziness to it the one thing i'm not really that big of a fan of is the onions in it though um so you can buy like the uh, the processed onions in a can and add them like um, French onions which I've been doing yeah because when I do like the panko onions they just don't really ever come out the way that like as crispy them. as the yeah. I mean, store bought ones they're kind of trash so I would trash that part of the recipe and then just <laughs> add whichever um, French onions that you can find sometimes if you go to Whole Foods um, or if you have like a specialty grocer they have like store made ones that aren't as processed but um the French ones are just as good too. I'm gonna say Trader Joe's has a has them this time of year that are that are like real. And then in the salad topping section, 
I have bought them and they're like big. Oh yeah. They're delicious. Yeah. And they're not, there's not that many ingredients. I don't think they're gluten free though. You have to check the package. If I mean, we're not going for gluten free on Thanksgiving. Right. I'm just saying if you're looking for that fresh fried onion, there there is some breading on there. Some light crispiness. Right. I was going to say, if you want to be a real fatty, you can actually get <laughs> onion rings, small onion rings, and cook them and then throw them on top. Oh um, my god, yum. Which, I've never done that for Thanksgiving, but I've done that for other occasions where you're just looking to be um, completely gluttonous, but yeah. I can't explain either the other thing that you make. We used to make it for Christmas at Connie's, which Hannah and Greg have... Christmas, which will be a whole nother episode because that's like a whole separate gourmet deal. And that's them. I'll have to pin Greg down for that interview. Good luck. <laughs> Don't worry. He'll, he answers my calls. But um, the horseradish um, cheddar cauliflower. So those two recipes that you have perfected are like the best part of the sides for Thanksgiving, I think. Besides stuffing. Um... And Becky's sweet potatoes, those are the ones that I want to take home with me every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, where, tell us more about the uh, French onion. The, you mean the cauliflower? Both. Um, so the cauliflower, that is like an all recipe or something. Um, and the reason I make that is because you were like, here, make this. Like you sent the recipe to me and it's in my recipe book. Um, because I was like, what size do I need for Thanksgiving? And I was cooking for everyone. And you're like, you need this one. And I was like, okay. Um, so Hannah I, makes everything from scratch, though. She doesn't know frozen veggies. No, like, she just does everything. Like, I gave her that recipe. It's probably from... Except for the onion. Bon Appetit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was probably from my culinary um, school cookbook. We've actually gotten in fights before because my green bean casserole is from scratch. And Jordy's like, who makes this from scratch? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, how else are you supposed to make it? I, I don't know. Um, but well, yeah. uh, you came one year and you made it like uh, with heavy cream. Because the mixture <laughs> tastes exactly like a Campbell soup mushroom soup. But it's really just, you know, chopping my own mushrooms and cream and all that stuff. But, um. It's so much better than I always leave out the nutmeg, too, in that recipe. I'm not really a big fan of, like, nutmeg um, in my, like, cream sauce. Um, It doesn't really do it for me, so I always leave that out. But whatever floats your boat on that. You'll see what I mean when you, when Jordy links the recipe. Um, How, now that we're not going to do it again this year, like, how, how are you going to change traditions for your family this year? Um, well, I guess the, did they go to the parade last year? No, because it was way too cold. So last year we went and we did, um, a turkey trot. They didn't go to the parade because it was too cold. So we went to do a mile run as a family, um, at Chestnut Hill. And we should have actually just stayed home because it was too cold. I mean, um, we were ice blocks. But it was like Clint's first race. He got a medal and he was like all excited. Um, So I guess it was kind of worth it. But he actually like stuck to it. But the other three, Greg, Fiona, and Smith, were absolutely miserable. Um, But I think, you know, we'll probably do some sort of run as a family together um maybe somewhere less crowded just down at the track by my house 
and we are going to be going to both families so we'll have two small Thanksgivings and just see everybody in the day just not all at the same time right all right well I look forward to seeing you in the driveway uh, yeah <laughs> And I'm so happy to interview you. Our next interview will be for Christmas, and maybe I can bring, like, a cheese board over. Yeah. And that'll get Greg enticed to <laughs> have the conversation about how you guys orchestrate Christmas. Because that's our next big holiday topic. Oh. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. Happy Turkey Day, y'all. I know. So I'm here with my mom, um, the grand master of Thanksgiving ceremonies. And I just stopped by and she grabbed me like a Ningxia drink out of her fridge. And she thought she grabbed herself one, but she grabbed herself a Coors Light. I'm like, hey, it's a little early for happy hour. Um, But it's always a laugh when we're together. Hi, mom. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Um, My mom actually for as long as I've been alive has hosted Thanksgiving um, until like six years ago but mom tell us a little bit about the origination of your family Thanksgiving Uh, we started in Orland and my family would come up from from Maryland my mom would come up a couple days ahead of time and start preparing the feast we'd buy the turkey and lug it home it was a huge one and then the night before the day before she would start making the stuffing and we must have had like 30 people there so it was you're like how big is that turkey it's crazy it looks like a dog (laughs) (laughs) Jesus she would start stuffing it at like 7 p.m. the night before Wednesday it's amazing and then she would put it in this pan that my brother Richard sold when he was in college some sort of pan that had like the turkey lifter thing out so you could just like seal it up and the turkey would cook in like four or five hours. So she'd get up the next day at like 6.30, God bless her, and put it in the oven. But we had the usual sides like stuffed sweet potatoes, stuffing, veggies, mashed. My sister Patsy, God rest her soul, would eat like a whole bowl of mashed potatoes. So my mom made the best gravy. Delicious. Yeah, I was just, I, I previously said on here that you and I have gravy wars every year because <laughs> yours is so so I was always taught by you guys and you and Grammy to make a slurry instead of a right. roux right um it just I'm I feel sure like either works it's like a it doesn't take away from the flavor though the slurry just thickens it without adding any like pastiness I think yeah flour is a little pasty um the thickness it doesn't change the flavor of it and you have to take into consideration what you're putting on the turkey, too, that goes into, like, the juices. Like salt, pepper, I use thyme, thyme, and my mom used to use Bell's flavoring, Bell's. Oh, I love that. That has thyme in it. I think that's the secret. My dad, Bell's poultry seasoning yeah. or whatever? Okay. My dad, he used to go into that liquor cabinet and grab, like, a little bottle of bourbon, or not bourbon, what's the other thing? Whis- some kind of whiskey. And put like a tablespoon 
like let it pour over the turkey to brown the right, skin right before my mom would take it out and if she saw it she would like wave her wooden spoon at it. Irish brining <laughs> <laughs> while your back is turned so that's another tip Irish brining pour some liquor over your turkey when no one's looking um yeah these are all great great tips um tell us about your stuffing because I know that's like a labor of love it is homemade everything I mean back in her day, you, my grandmother Stella, you bought the loaves of bread, you cut them, you can buy a cut now. You do whole wheat and, like, how do, what's depends your... Depends on how I'm feeling. I usually do Stroman's, because that's what she used. But Stroman's now has it pre-cut, because I'm lazy. But, like, I think we would do, like, five or six bags of that, and then she'd get a couple of things of celery and onion. And again, the Bell's seasoning, she would do sticks, melt sticks of butter, pour that on, she'd do chicken stock which she probably had homemade in her refrigerator and a couple eggs and mix that all up together and then it would just cook and steam inside the turkey she was the best at removing the guts from the turkey yeah this is a picture of her removing <laughs> whatever the innards are and like washing bathing the small oh my god it was like animal ritual um and you only ever had one turkey so we do two turkeys when the Gennons had 50 people my mom stuff hers and then I cook mine the day before and I bring it sliced on a platter because there's absolutely no room in the oven for all these sides plus my mom does a turkey my mom actually sleeps over there wakes up and puts the turkey in and it's cooking in there yeah, all day I'm a, my mom over there I handed the torch to Becky so what what do you like about that obviously that you can just leave and you don't have to clean up for days on end but oh. what do you like about someone else like passing the torch just gives them the opportunity to learn and to, I don't know, host. There's a great deal of happiness in hosting. Yeah, you always hosted the best parties when we were little. Oh my God, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> Our Christmas parties were so awesome, but Thanksgiving is like uh, one of my favorite memories because of Kath, Jody, and Danny. And keep, oh, like so just running around for hours with our cousins outside, and um, I mean this year's gonna look a little different. That's why I'm crying. <laughs> My mom's gonna have. We're gonna have a mask on the turkey. A mask on the turkey and um, a celebration in the driveway. Masks on inside. My garage is gonna be a dessert room. <laughs> um, that's the other thing I don't talk about on here, but our desserts are outrageous. Um, the Bissells have a pumpkin pie recipe that is sacred and they actually have like ongoing emails of fights about it. Whose is better, how long it takes, what the right recipe ratio is, but I, my mom has mastered it and perfected it. Um, but we were just saying there's so many pies, like Becky's was on the podcast talking about like when everyone leaves, she sits down with all the pies and has like a <laughs> slice of each one in silence right. after meat. she makes a delicious pecan pie pumpkin pie apple pie i mean it's crazy and i i actually ordered uh mincemeat did we say mincemeat yeah mincemeat i actually ordered um turkey hi hats from shanks bakery shout out to shanks um That's for the, the kids best. The best um my kids are brats and don't like pie but um maybe they will when they grow older i'm getting a little too old with Max there to say that now, but oh, actually, he did eat your pumpkin pie. I know. This 
I might uh, make him a little tiny one. He loved his, it. For himself. He's like potty. But he's like one of those people that doesn't try something unless he's like starving and then he tries it and loves it. So, um. Well, that's chock full of vitamins when you render it from a gourd. Right. So that's exciting. Um. And then I, I didn't mean to make you cry about the changing of the holidays, but, um. We were saying, like, how did you used to prepare for having oh my 30 God, like, family members? I'm thinking members? about, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing the tables tomorrow. Setting everything Setting, up? Even though there's going to be eight of us this year instead of 56. Right. But I'll have a table here in the, in the living room so the families can sit together. Like separate? Yeah. I'll have like three eating stations. But yeah, it's fun to decorate and set up your table and take pictures of it and send it to your friends. We call that tablescaping. <laughs> <laughs> Love doing that. Yeah, that's one of the best parts about hosting. Now that we're quarantined and <clears throat> shouldn't go out, it's uh, it's a good side bar. It gives you a good feeling to create, be creative. Yeah, my um, family will definitely be looking forward to this since our quarantine starts Friday. Um, it'll be like our first outing in a week. <laughs> so, um, thanks for stopping by on the podcast and passing the torch to all us kids. Is there anything I forgot that's on the menu that... Cranberry sauce. Oh, that, that's, oh my gosh. I totally forgot. My I mom... I made that already. My mom, I actually have sold it at farmer's markets. My mom has, um, and dad have a friend that sends them fresh bog cranberries. And my mom makes... It's not even like cranberry sauce, though. It's more like a relish or jam. It is so delicious. It ha- doesn't have a l- lot of crap in it either. Not that the canned ones do, but there's no high fructose corn syrup in it. Um, it's just lemon and sugar and water. Lemon, sugar, and water, and the cranberries are out of this world. And From my, Wisconsin. I, I've actually... <laughs> one year I tried to make it, and my family was like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> So my mom got that back, passed back to her, um, because whatever I was doing wasn't the same thing. How about the sweet potatoes, Becky and the sweet potatoes? Yeah, we did, I, she did a, her whole talk on that. She does them so good. But the cranberry sauce, may, um, maybe I can find you a similar recipe, and I'll post that in the comments. Thanks for stopping by, Mom. Oh, thank you. Love you.